Now more than ever, there's an opportunity for travelers to save some of their additional travel money. Now, I know some of you may be going, what additional? But let's talk about that for a minute, because there is definitely an opportunity right now, more so than in the last 22 years since I've been in this industry, for some real good savings and some debt reduction and some credit increases, all for travelers. The first time it's happened, I guess the last you know 18 months to two years, it's the first time this has happened in like I can remember for 22 years. So we're going to talk about saving your additional travel money on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everybody, to the the episode. Uh, this is this is one of those that I, I like. This is a fun one because it's a, it's a reward episode for all the hard work that you guys have been doing, and you guys have been doing a lot of hard work. Uh, make no mistake, the country has appreciated what you guys have done, and um, regardless of you know you name it, politics aside, it's you guys have killed it. For those of you who've been doing this uh, for the last you know year and a half. That went out. I know you guys are making good money. That's that is beside the point. I also know there's a lot of you guys that didn't have the opportunity based upon your specialty and, and I guess lack of need. While there's so much other need in other areas, that you know, you guys have earned this too. There right now is a ton of money to be made out there, and that's what we're going to discuss a lot today on, on Travel Evolved. It just it just really is. And let's figure out some really smart and great things to do. For yourself, again, this is one of those selfish episodes I want you guys to consider. I want you to think about what is in it for you. Uh, and, and really and truly, just a reminder, and I hope that this is one of those episodes people go back and listen to frequently as their financial situation you know, ebbs and flows, which is what's great. So <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute. First and foremost, I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm giving you financial opinion. Let's start off with that. I'm going to qualify this episode because I am not a financial advisor. I do not have a Series 7. I cannot give legally financial advice. I'm certainly not a CPA. So I'm going to qualify, as I always do with these episodes, that first and foremost, I would always recommend that you guys, if you're a traveler, get a CPA to do your taxes every year. Don't get an accountant. Certainly don't walk into you know, an accounting office, especially one that pops up just around tax time. I, there is too many things that you guys need to be careful of, too many things you guys can take legal advantage of, and you have to understand how your taxes work. So your accountant can also give you some great advice on what we're going to talk about today. And I would recommend that. A game plan for your with your CPA based upon the kind of money you've been making, the kind of mon- money you anticipate making, 
you know, for this year and going forward every year, you should have that discussion with your CPA. And last time I looked, you don't really have those discussions with someone that you're walking into their office and slapping down your tax returns from a couple different travel companies and hoping that they're going to be able to give you some sound financial advice. Not going to happen. So use a CPA. Spend the extra couple of hundred dollars it might take to get your taxes prepared by a CPA, and you will save thousands of dollars if nothing else. You have a peace of mind knowing that you had a CPA prepare your taxes who understands your new career, which is, in fact, taking your medical career on the road and being a traveling medical professional. So that's number one. Number two, I think, is there's going to be a point, I'm hoping, for many or most of you, that you're making so gosh darn much money that you're going to want to pursue a financial planner, a financial advisor. Yeah, you can do it on your own. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of apps, a lot of websites, a lot of different ways that you can kind of take a look and do some research on your own. Certainly you can. But there's a point where you're going to want to start to have your money begin to not only get rid of debt, help your credit score, but also start to make money for you. And that's a wonderful place to be in. And, you know, again, being in this industry for 22 years, I know there's there's been times when many travelers haven't always been able to do that. And whether you're just starting out or you, you know, got into some financial difficulties or you've just been bad with money, whatever the case may be, now is a great time, a phenomenal time for you guys to start to think about how to have your money take care of yourself and how, you know, right now, how to save some of that additional travel money that you're making. So if you haven't making additional travel money, the first thing is start making it. And I'm not trying to be, you know, sarcastic or, or, or be coy on that. I'm saying that there is crazy money to be made in almost all specialties out there right now. Good, solid money. We'll leave it at that. I think almost every healthcare professional that travels has an opportunity, again, based upon some of the choices that you make, to make better money than you could be making at any other time in our industry. Now, that might mean you have to do some sacrificing with regard to location or maybe not take something that's close to home and actually had to cross the country. You may have to compete hard for some of these jobs. You may have to be submitted to multiple, multiple places in order to get some of these high-paying positions. But as I've always said on supply and demand and other episodes, you know, there's always a reason why these, you know, some of these positions pay so well. And if you're willing to take those chances and go to maybe some less desirable locations, maybe work at some less than desirable facilities, maybe float a little bit, then you can make some great money and take this next X amount of time, months, years, you name it, to really you know, kind of change your own retirement, change the level in which you retire, and potentially even change the speed in which you're able to retire. I mean, there's some pretty exciting stuff that we can t- start talking about. And really what today's episode, the reason I named it, you know, saving your additional travel dollars is I'm trying to get you guys on this episode only, we're not going to talk about investing or anything like that. I just want to get across your head that there is opportunities for you to put some money aside each and every week. We all can do it. And if I'm telling you, if you've been outside of this industry or if you happen to be unfortunate enough to be in a specialty that wasn't, you know, in high demand last winter and the winter before that, then or they should say the spring before that, then, you know, you now have the, you can see what it's like to, to be in a situation where all of a sudden money gets tight. That's what I'm getting at. Count your blessings. Again, I always I always you know, pat all you guys in the backs and I want to lift you guys up, but I do sometimes want to humble you a bit and say, there's a lot of people in this country to this day that are still suffering, that are still suffering or have lost their career, lost their livelihood, lost their potential restaurant, bar, you name it. The way that they made a living in their plans for what they wanted to do, the rest of their lives were changed by, you know, by having things be, be, you know, having to be forced to be shut down and closed, you name it. 
it just is. It's just sad. So at, at some point, I would, I guess, acknowledge the fact that you are fortunate enough that even if you didn't have the opportunity at that point, that you still, you know, can do this. And I listen. I know that there's some things going on right now that are forcing a lot of people uh, to to potentially get out of healthcare traveling and healthcare in general. We'll talk about that in a couple episodes coming up. I'm hoping, uh, but at this point, you know. For many of you, there still is an opportunity and a choice, if you'd like to make it, to stay in and 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 you know either either work at you know at a facility there, or maybe you can hit the road if and, and find a facility that will uh, have the same philosophy that you do. Let's put it that way and kind of leave it at that. So I know things may change by the time this episode goes on the on the air, but there is great opportunity. And I'm gonna I guess I, I'm just I'm beating up a dead horse. This is about setting aside money for you and your family. It is about that retirement fund and that retirement option to have some things so that you are saying, while I'm making great money, really today what is, what do I have to live on and how much? And I'm going to implore you today a couple of times to put as much as you possibly can aside and have it start making money for you. We'll talk about the making money for you down the road in some different episodes. But for today, I just felt like I wanted to get this one out there. It was something I wanted to do early on, but the timing is good because we're obviously about ready to hit the quote-unquote holiday season Typically, you know, in in 22 years, positions tend to pay more during the winter months when, you know, there is and are more needs. I mean, unfortunately, we live in a climate in our country that the majority of our country does, you know, in fact, get cold and there's not a lot of sunshine and all the different things that that cause um, us to have to have more influenza, colds, all that kind of stuff, you name it. So, again... It, it drives the rates and drives bill rates high, which hopefully does, in fact, drive pay rates high. So it's a really good time to have this episode is what I'm getting at. There's an opportunity here for us to start to really think about this as you move into that assignment. Now, many, many people are right now are, are garnering and sequestering their fall or holiday assignment, or many are planning to be done here you know, in a month or so and take those holidays off, and you'll maybe jump on the first of the year. So for those of you that are looking for that extra, you know, high paying position here this winter, this episode is, is for you. So first and foremost, like I said, <laughs> you should be making a ton of money right now. If you're not making a ton of money right now, something's wrong. Um, I, I'm trying to qualify that and see if there's anything that, that I could be saying for maybe a few specialties. But I, so far, I can't see a specialty that I've dealt with allied or nursing or nursing aid or you name it that hasn't had a significant increase in a bill rate. Now, what I can't do is tell you guys if your particular company is spreading that bill rate along to a high pay rate. I think most of them are. You kind of have to this day and age. You can't really lowball travelers right now, which is a really wonderful kind of side effect to high pay rates. I'm sorry, high bill rates is that you don't want to be the lowest paying company out there. And I'm sure some of you experienced the fact that I'm the lowest paid traveler in my unit. And there are obviously some things you can do to fix that by going to work for another company. So number one, if you're not, if you don't have any extra money, go out and get some extra money. That <laughs> sounds really easy to do, but that probably means you're not making some choices. You have decided to either, you know, pigeon toe yourself into a non-lucrative location, potentially a non-lucrative you know, area of the country that you've made those decisions. So what I'm asking you here is consider, if you would like to, going after some higher paying dollars. Now, 
I want to qualify that slightly and say that I personally believe that there are some assignments that pay so much that I would be scared and nervous of them. I've said that, I think, even last week or some other episodes recently. I think that's a real thing. And I think you guys have to make that decision for yourself, obviously, as you guys should be making all decisions on your own. Don't ever let a recruiter make those kind of decisions for you. But right now, I just, again, my advice personally is I think there are some assignments that I have seen are are paying so much that they are not a good fit for most travelers, if not the overwhelming majority of travelers. For a couple of bucks less a week, you you know you're not the first to get your head in the chopping block when the when the census drops because obviously we said those bill rates are going to be the first ones to go. They may have you know, maybe some places in the same state or even in the same city that may not be um, quite as a dangerous of a facility. I mean that uh, dangerous. You guys know what I mean? Where you where you don't walk in feeling like this, whether it's a floating policy or what they're requiring you to do is above your scope of of work. So there are some other options you guys I, I, that you guys can make. Can't talk well today. And that is to kind of maybe lower that slightly. I still think you should go for the high, high dollar thing. I don't know why you wouldn't unless you just have no interest whatsoever in, in you know, I guess, taking advantage of what is being offered to you out there right now. But my suggestion is, you know, that 98 percentile range, the ones that were, you know, be careful of the let's go crazy ones because there's usually a story to tell and the reason why. So if you're not making a ton of money, figure out why. It could be your agency. For those of you that are stuck with an agency or recruit that you like and notoriously you're one of the lowest paying people in your unit, there's a really good reason why and the chances are strong that they have a thicker margin than other companies do. And that means that no matter where you go with them, you're going to be the lowest paid person. If it happens more than twice, you know, the second time I'd be like, wow, I'm not doing this again. Again, my my advice and my opinion, there are so many companies getting involved and new companies popping up and, and being involved in traveling right now that there's a lot of options for you guys. And I think uh, you guys are seeing that, which is wonderful. So get an assignment, secure it. Don't wait too long and and don't regret. If you take an assignment, you hear something paying higher than that, just move forward. You've got a great solid assignment and keep that in mind. So one of the things you do need to think about when you're taking that high paying assignment is what is that cost of living in that county, in that town, that city? And also consider that when you see a recruiter or somebody posting something or telling you a gross weekly rate, it also could be solid if the rate isn't quite as high as you think, but the cost of living is low. I mean, how many times have we seen that? And how many times have I talked about it where there is something that maybe looks like it's, oh, it's about a 70 or 80% to the, you know, compared to the highest pay rate out there. However, it happens to be in a small, you know, community in a lower cost county or city or state, which means your take home's better. And that's really what it's all about. It's not about, in this episode especially, it's not about, how much money you're making weekly, it's how much are you keeping weekly, how much do you need weekly, and what can go into some other form to pay yourself to be set aside to, to you know for a rainy day or to invest or the things we'll talk about here. So that's really important. I hope you guys understood that. I went through it really quickly, but we've said that before. The cost of living in a, in a county is incredibly important. If nothing else, when your recruiter is, is throwing out these things or you see things that are you know, pay packages on social media, the first thing you should be doing is going and looking at seeing how much the average apartment, Airbnb, you name it, go to the gsa.gov. It's a great site. I use it every day. It tells you what the, you know, the meals and incidentals tax are going to be. And obviously the lower that is, everything should also be lower too. It means going out to eat, which, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of on the rogues. I want you to save that money, but you know, your shopping, your groceries, your gas, your incidentals, even your housing should all be relatively low if it's one of the lowest areas, which means you could consider a lower paying gross weekly assignment as long as that 
difference between expenses and and your your pay every week is is the largest. That's what you're looking for in all in all fairness. So I just again, just a reminder for me to you know to look at that. And truly, for today, I would say. One of the things I would almost recommend, if you're if you're interested in this and you're, you're like, you know what, Mark's right, I really think I should take this next two or three assignments and really take care of myself financially, I would almost say opt out instantly of those really, really wonderfully nice, warm destinations, places where you know that the supply is higher than other locations. And so, you know, the rates are going to be lower. It just, it just flat out is. It's just one of those things that you should probably start thinking about. All right, so the first, or I guess so the second thing I really want to mention one of the quintessential parts of this is to really start to calculate what you need to live on every single week. Now, many of you still have a mortgage to pay. And you guys, you all use a term, and I love you for it, that you've got paying, you're paying two mortgages. You're paying your mortgage and you're also paying your rent. Or you're paying uh, a payment on, a, on an RV, whatever the case is. You guys typically have certain expenses every single week that you're going to have to take care of. I'm not talking about on the assignment. I'm talking about your expenses to live, all your bills from home. And again, most of you or many of you that does include a mortgage, your car payment, your insurance, you name it, all that stuff. You guys already kind of have a general idea of what your expenses are. Now you're going to incorporate in some potential new expenses on that assignment to figure out if this assignment's for you. Here's where the savings comes in. I believe that no matter where you go, that that expense that you have with the exception of of you know an actual expense based upon that location in other words, your your normal expenses you have at home your operating expenses let's say those shouldn't fluctuate that much yes there are some higher you know expenses in certain counties for eating for gas you name it but for the most part you're not going to see a huge increase in that the biggest increase is going to be obviously in your housing so what I'm getting at is that no matter where you go assignment-wise, those fixed costs should stay relatively the same, which means you know what you need to live on, you know what you need to take you know, and put into your, your, your account that you use with your debit or credit card and your checking account that you need on a weekly basis. You can pad that slightly for today's episode, slightly. In order to be able to do some things and not, you know, not get burnout, as we talked about on the assignment, a location. So have a little bit of there, but everything else is the dollars we're talking about today. That is what I want you to start to set aside. That's the figure. So clearly, the bigger your your pay and the lower your expenses are on that assignment, the bigger that's going to be, which is where the biggest difference takes place. And why I was pushing so hard earlier to really take a high-paying assignment. It makes a big difference, but you guys have to honestly put pen to paper or get an Excel spreadsheet going and start to look at every single one of your bills. Now, many of you may not know this, and you probably do, but most banks nowadays have that bill, I'm sorry, have that feature where you can see, sorry, I'm just going to adjust this, where you can see exactly where all of your expenses go. You can look at what you pay monthly for Anything from entertainment to food to gas to car payment to repairs and maintenance. A lot of banks have that feature, and, and hopefully your bank does. If not, ask them about it, and they may be able to set you up online banking so you can actually see a, a pie chart, really. You guys know how much I love pie charts. That really talks to you about your expenses, and you can look at trends over months and time. So you know this math doesn't have to be done by you having to guess. You can actually look uh, with a pretty good ease of use without having to sit there and go back to transactions months and months and months ago. Nowadays, people do most of their transactions uh, without writing checks. I mean, most of us do. I mean, if, I mean, I don't think I've written a check, or my wife has in in years. But you know what your bills are. You can look at your account. So that's where you're going to go to. What do I have to live on, and then what do I need? 
you may think this sounds crazy, but many of you guys know that I'm right, that most of you don't do that. You just kind of take an assignment and the money goes in every week and then you, you try to save it on your own. It doesn't work as well, hence the reason why we're doing this episode here today, if that makes sense. All right, so how do you do that? The best way to do that, in my opinion, again, we're not going to, I don't want to talk about investments, but let's just talk about fundamentally saving some dollars. Number one, get a second account. One that I personally believe that you should have that's separated from a different bank. And I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why right now. It's obviously really easy. If you have two accounts and you go to your online banking, you can see here's my checking, here's my savings. And it's really simple nowadays to transfer those funds back and forth, which basically means you're not really setting it aside and saving additional tax dollars. Because if the minute you get in trouble or the minute you want to go do something, what do you do? You just transfer that money over. My daughter does that. She's, you know, she's in college, she's a freshman, and you know, she has a job. So what she does is she's actually, you know, does that. And we said, no, no, let's get a different account. I don't want you to see it because there's things she wants to do. There's trips she wants to take. She's going to eventually get her own apartment, want to be able to furnish that. So we're already setting her up with this kind of thing that put some of this aside. You know what you need to live on, put the rest of it aside so you don't have to worry about that. Same thing applies here. My advice, no, my opinion <laughs> would be to use a different account. So in other words, you have your your travel company is going to put whatever you need into your account plus whatever is going to be a little extra just so you have it. The rest of it's going to go into a separate account, a separate bank, whether it's a credit union that has high interest potentially or someplace that's going to give you something, a savings account that you'll make a little bit of money on. Again, I don't want to get into investing on this episode. It's really just about forgetting about those things. That's important. It's incredibly important that you have done that so you're pulling that stuff away. That's the idea. That's how you should do it. And that's number one for me. You should have... It's to me to not have two accounts, especially now, is kind of crazy. More and more people that I'm seeing that work for my company are in fact coming on board and they've got different accounts where their money is going to. If you don't, I would say do that. You don't need it all in one account. You just don't. If you do, you're gonna spend it more more, you know, often than not, or you're unless you're just incredibly good at keeping that in there. But I like seeing that so you can check it. I know it's two accounts to check every time to make sure your deposits are great and all that stuff, but it's really, really important. So first of all, before you start saving things, one of the things I'll tell you before, you, especially before we get into kind of investment, and I'll say this again on that episode, you got to pay down debt. This is a wonderful opportunity for many of you who have shared with me that you know you, you got into some financial trouble or who knows what, or maybe you just want to get rid of normal debt that all of us have. I don't care if it's car payments, credit cards. Obviously, mortgage, maybe student loans from you know the time you were back in school, all that stuff you could instantly throw at if your interest rate is high. I know right now, you know, at least the last couple of years, you know, some people's mortgage, I know mine has actually gone down. I think that those days are going to be over here, but for right now, it's at the lowest it's been in probably ten years. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to throw a lot of extra money at a mortgage where I could maybe have who knows a credit card or or potentially. Uh, Car payment, maybe I've got a high, maybe I'm, I'm buying a car, I've got a high interest payment on something like that. That's where you want to throw money at first. It doesn't even make sense to invest until you can do that. It's a wonderful step. You could take that thing and every time you have, who knows, 500 bucks in there, $1,000 in there, you throw it off to pay down a car payment. If you're purchasing a car or you double down on your mortgage every other month, if you can, or every third month, whatever it's going to be, it's going to come into serious good use for you as you move forward. The number one thing nowadays is it's a really good opportunity for you to 
pay down debt and to increase your credit score. And that's going to be incredibly important. Have credit cards, have all that, but have them down to basically nothing. Uh, I know that this credit card scores can kind of affect it if you're not using the credit you have. But if you're getting that stuff down, it's going to eventually be a really wonderful thing. And I think that's, again, I'm not telling you guys something you guys don't already know. Anybody will tell you that you've got to look at where your money is costing you the most. Before you start trying to make it, you've got to make sure it's not costing you. And almost all of us have some kind of debt, again, whether it's just simply a mortgage or a car payment or two. Even if you've got your credit cards down to nothing and that's great, there are still some places you can throw at to. If both those things are at low interest, then you're ready to potentially start investing. But you still want to set all that money aside, if that makes sense. So I just want to kind of throw that out there and mention it. You know, you got to look at the most expensive cost to the dollars. And if you're paying a lot of money on something, you got to stop that bleeding. You got to get rid of some of those things, you know, certainly. You know, and that, that applies to everything, whether you guys are, you know, still paying cable at your, you know, home place and you don't really aren't ever there. I mean, you guys know the drill. I don't need to go into a whole bunch of stuff. But here's what I'm getting at. It doesn't necessarily have to always be an incredibly high paying assignment. You guys may have to have been forced for some of you to take an assignment that isn't, for whatever reason, you weren't able to chase huge, huge dollars. Okay, great. Still do the best you can. Even if it's just a couple of bucks a week, setting that aside will help you. And you've got to forget about it. You just absolutely have to think, forget it's, it's not there anymore. And as we move into the holidays, this is a great opportunity to start talking about things like holiday pay, overtime, and potentially callback. If you are in a, in a, in a specialty or in, in a situation at your current facility, the one you're about ready to go to, that you're going to get some holiday pay, you're going to get some overtime, and you're going to get some callback. Maybe those are weeks where you've got it set up that you're only putting you know, a set amount into your main account, which is the way I would do it. And the rest of the remainder of it is going to go into that other account. So maybe some days you're only, some weeks I should say, you're only able to put $50 into that thing. But when you actually have some overtime or some callback pay or some holiday pay, you can say anything above that. And you've got a big check and it all is going into that. You'll be surprised how much that will add up over the time, especially if you're a, an overtime hound and you're able to get that even if it's only a few hours every week, that's going to make a big difference because you're just not going to see it. You're going to see that steady check that you need to, to pay your bills, to live on, and the rest of it's going to go somewhere else. Somewhere else wonderful and magical that you don't have to sit there and, and, and pay attention to. I hope that made sense. Overtime holiday callback is a great chance for not only those of you that are making really good money and have really good offers, and hopefully your company is paying you properly for that overtime callback and and call and uh, and holiday pay, that it's real time and a half of all of the hours. Go back and listen to almost every episode I've done. I'm not going to do it again. Although I love that conversation. You guys know that's my big beef. It's still an opportunity for some of you that don't have that to still be able to put aside some additional travel dollars when you are in fact you know able to work that that all on call or, or call back certainly in, in the holiday and overtime. It may not happen that often for you, but when it does Say, I'm doing this for my future. Go work that extra shift if you can or, or come in for a holiday when you didn't really want to and put that money somewhere else. It's going to make a huge difference in yourself over the next couple of years of what you're trying to do. I already mentioned this episode. I wrote some notes down here because sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But it is it is where having that little extra bump, it, you guys, it doesn't matter. If you understand what I'm saying, if you have 30 bucks a week, and some weeks you're able to do any of it, and you only put ten bucks in there. It doesn't matter. That's still five, six, seven hundred bucks over the course of the year. You get a, you have a trouble with your car, or you need some money. Boom, there you go. 
Which brings me to the thing that I always talk about with you guys, and that is that I always say you should have a nest egg. If you're really going to have treat this as a travel career, you should have emergency an emergency fund or a place where you can go to in the event that you do need to go out and either buy a new car, get a major repair, or you're out of work for a longer period of time than you thought so than you thought you would be because of any situation that you might be dealing with, whether it's a lack of need in a specialty, a sudden you know having to you know family emergency or termination, you name it, all those things can all affect it. This is a wonderful way to get that. I know some people come and say, I really want to get that nesting, but man, it's really hard right now. Here's a way to do it. You can't just walk in and have it, but after a full assignment or two, if you do this right, you're going to have that nest egg naturally. And now you've got that, which I think is important. And then you can figure out what that number needs to be. And everything else you can start to apply towards debt and start putting it towards other wonderful, wonderful things. There are apps. Obviously, I'm a big fan of apps. There's apps out there for everything nowadays. And there are apps that help you to save money, to round up, you know, purchases and put it in different funds. But there are also apps that do a lot, like I said, with your bank, where they actually help you to figure out where you can save some money. And I don't want to go into them. You can search these on, on either iTunes or on a Play Store. And there are ways that there are financial planning apps. Like I said earlier on in the episode, you don't have to necessarily go out and hire somebody and spend big bucks. That can be intimidating. I get it. I don't know who to talk to or who I want to you know, have handle my, my wealth. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm wealthy enough yet to have that. And by the way, that's baloney because they'll take everybody because they we're trying to build wealth for you. But there are apps, by the way, that you can download on your phone and actually play around with it, actually help you to figure out where you're spending your money and how maybe to carve back some of that. And then there's also maps that also talk about, you know, what to do with that. And that's, that's on them as far as that advice goes. That's where I would truly get an advisor. But some apps right now will help you to save money. It'll show you where your expenses are and you know look at, at the average Joe, so to speak, and see how much higher or lower you are at, at those kinds of expenses. There's, I mean, people have developed so much crazy stuff out there right now that you can do almost anything with it. So download, play around with some apps. They're free, typically. Play around with some of those and try to figure out what you can do to help, you know, ease your yourself to kind of get some of this stuff, you know, moving and going. And it's 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 gonna be wonderful. So also along that line, there's there's apps that also help you with your credit score, and I would urge a lot of you guys to to look at those. There's there's some reputable ones, some that aren't aren't so reputable. Make sure you're looking at one that doesn't you know ping you every time that you look at your own credit score. But there's you should know what your credit score is, and if you're doing what I'm telling you, watch how wonderfully it'll help. There are things you can do with your credit score, and some of these apps again will help you to show right where you should be throwing money at, what's hitting and hurting your credit that you could actually help and reduce. So nowadays you don't have to be a financial genius or planner to be able to help yourself make more money. It just, it just is, is crazy. You can do this on your own if you do it the right way, guys and gals. So guys, as always, I want to kind of throw in there that, you know, a little bit of some backstory. I've mentioned a couple of times where I came from it, from an advertising background. I do not have a financial background whatsoever. I've always been interested in that sector, but you know, I'm a sales guy and, and which is why I'm so adamant about kind of talking to you guys about sales because most of you aren't salespeople. And I'll never forget when I first started in the industry, the first time I got hired, I'll just say it, the first time I was hired, I went to work for Fast Staff U.S. Nursing Corporation here in Denver. I was hired by a guy directly named Dan Mordecai, who was the CEO and owner of the company. Dan passed away many, many years ago, but um, I'm forever grateful to him for kind of convincing me to take take his offer. It was just the weirdest thing, and I'll tell a quick story about that. I, I, I remember... I was Brandley, Brandley, wow, that's not even a word, brand newly married, 
Is that even right? Now, now nothing's sounding right to me. On a Saturday, I'm meeting Dan and his attorney for breakfast. And I mean, I'm young. I mean, I don't even like, why isn't our attorney here? Uh, but anyway, so we had breakfast, and he was the one of the most interesting, and for those of you that, that were lucky enough to know him, just an interesting guy, phenomenally interesting, incredibly brilliant, and just had a unique way of looking at things, and that's why he was one of the pioneers in this industry. And uh, he wanted me to come on board again to do more marketing and, and to change some of their branding, some of my advertising background, but he also wanted me to... He had a vision for me to want to be in charge of the sales team, which, of course, we'll call it recruiting department, and help them to sell better. I mean, that's like a better word. I mean, so when I talk about how I know this stuff, that's what it was. How do I sell the inventory we have better? And his, his saying used to be, sell them what you got, not what they want. And I mean, I'm, guys, this is stuff that's discussed openly behind the scenes every single day in every travel agency around the country. They are not trying to let you tell them where you want to go and hope they have it. They're trying to sell you the inventory in which they are able to play in, which means any contract they have and there's a job opening, they're going to try to sell you on it. If there's not an opening in that location, they're going to try to sell you on something else. So it kind of is what it is. But it was kind of interesting because I got this start in an industry that had no idea what I was involved with. It was the craziest thing in the world. And literally, they also this company also did strikes, as you guys may know. That was the U.S. Nursing Corporation side of things. The minute... I got started literally a couple weeks later. I'm being asked to fly to New York City to handle operations for a strike that was going out on Long Island, right in the smack dab middle of Long Island, New York. I didn't even know what I was doing yet. And it was the craziest thing. We had hundreds and hundreds of travel nurses who were handling a strike in Plainview. And we didn't have hotels for these guys. And we were trying to figure out how to book up an entire hotels. And it, you guys have no idea what that world is like. But it, is, it was wild. And here I am just green in the industry, not even understanding truly what you guys did. However, I got to work hand-in-hand hand with a handful of five or six or seven nurse managers they had that would actually handle all the different units of the hospital. So I could see the staffing and how that works. So I got really involved into it really, really quickly. But it was fascinating to me. And this industry... You know, hasn't really changed an awful lot in the last 22 years, in my opinion. I mean, I've said this before. All companies, for the most part, do things really, really similarly. I mean, it's it's a, it's amazing. And the reason, I've, like I said, that that happens is you've got a company in a certain city, and they have a couple of people that decide either they don't like working there or they think they can do this on their own, and most of them typically probably could. And they get it all together, and they all peel off and form another company, usually in that same town, that looks exactly like the company they just left. But now they're going to try to make money on their own. Some are successful, some fail. But the reason this industry is a copycat industry, it is just the same thing. I don't care if you're down, if you're an industry in Miami, Florida, or your industry up in Seattle, Washington, or from Portland, Maine to San Diego, California, it's almost identical. The only difference really is how they decide what their margins are going to be and how they decide how they're going to pay some travelers here and there, what contracts they're going to go after, which ones they actually hold. But if you really look at this industry, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Everyone's jumping in wanting to be this middleman, this agency, because it can be very lucrative. It's dangerous. It's scary. There's a lot of money you have to float out there. Again, I've said to you guys before, you may not realize, but you're, we're floating, you know, payroll basically. And, and any, and of course expenses too, which include all that housing I talked about, for typically six weeks, some hospitals and some vendors are notoriously slow, and it's eight weeks out there. If you have 
any size. We're talking millions and millions of dollars that are just at risk being exposed because you paid the traveler and you're hoping that they're going to, you know, the hospital's going to pay you in a timely manner or the vendor's going to pay you in a timely manner. That's the real risk in this industry. And that's why so many travelers that say, I'm going to go out and start my own company, don't really think about, really? Okay, so are you ready to put your house on the line? Are you going to go out and get a couple of million dollars in, in, in equity from either, either investors or do you have that so that you can, in fact, grow more than 10, 15, 20, 30 people? Because Anything of size. You're talking about, you know, 50 travelers at this day and age is probably close to 200 and you know quarter of a million dollars, potentially. Certainly over 200 thousand dollars this day and age, if they're if they're of any size of uh, high bill rate, you're talking about you know 200 grand a week in payroll and payroll taxes. So that's going to go pretty fast. Multiply that by six, and you can see that you know you're already at 1.2 million dollars in 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 cash that you better have while you're waiting for that first week to come back in. Did that make sense? I want to encourage travelers to, and anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, to, to, to go after this. This is a good industry, but you got to know what you're doing. And I see it all the time out there where travelers are on these on different Facebook group pages saying, I'm going to start my own company. I want to go do this. Well, think about it. It's no different than me talking to you guys about wanting to be a traveler. If you're wanting to do this, I would really heavily think about you know what kind of uh, commitment you're willing to make. It is not for the faint of heart. I will tell you guys that for sure. It can be dangerous. It can be scary. It can be horrific. It can be wonderful all at the same time. But you really do need to know what you're doing. So be careful if you're going to quit your job and go out and start a travel company and have all you know have 20 of your friends go work for you. That's going to be great. But if you want to pay your bills and, and be able to make sure people are taken care of, you're going to have to grow. And that creates some complication to it. So Again, I'm going to tell a little bit of the story about what I'm doing as I as I go forward, but I'm just still kind of laying the background. I wanted you guys to kind of know, I'll talk a little bit more about that first couple, three years in the industry and how crazy it was as we have some time. But some of these episodes are a little bit shorter. I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of the story so that you guys know who I am. I think it's important to, I guess, lend some credibility and have some understanding as to when I say things, I'm not just throwing things out there. I have done this. I have been in almost every aspect of this industry in any company. I should be. I should know every single nuance of this. Yeah, credential, I'm not as strong. It's probably my weakest point. But unfortunately, I'm learning a lot about that too because more and more uh, rules are applying and more and more things are being added credentialing. It never goes the other way around. It's just more and more and more as attorneys and people get get their hands on things. They want more more documentation. You guys know it. I don't have to tell you that. But I'm really, I'm really going through this because I want you guys to know as I begin to talk about what I'm doing and, and how to create a company out of thin air, I think it's important that you guys understand that this isn't just something that you should just jump into willy-nilly and just decide you want to do. you got to really look at it. Or you can lose everything, really and truly. So be very, very careful. But I want you guys to know a little bit more about hopefully while you're listening to this, but that I'm not just somebody who's out there just making stuff up. This is real. And so for those of you recruiters, it's like to, you know, it, there's more to this than just taking off and saying, hey, I'm going to get four of my recruiter buddies and we're all going to start a company out there. You got to know what you're doing. And so um, even when you know what you're doing, there's surprises. And right now is a wild time. I did see a ton of companies that went out of business when things kind of got weird back in the, you know March of 2020. And I saw a bunch of companies jump in. And then subsequently, a lot of those companies left again when they didn't realize that wasn't the normal you know, business model uh, when, when things look a little weird. So it's just wild. But guys, for today, first of all, thank you so much for listening. I hope this made sense. I hope this motivated you guys to go out and really want to, I don't know, I guess put some of that money aside. It should. You don't know how long this 
what I would think is a high payroll period of time for you, high earnings period of time for you. We don't know how long it's going to last. There's people that can guess, but there's so many different things that keep affecting this, all going back to supply and demand, seasonality, you name it, government intervention, all that stuff is affecting your pay, both positively and negatively. It's hard to predict, but right now, today, this minute, I will tell you that if you're smart, you can put aside a really, hopefully, a good chunk of some money for yourself, whether it's for a rainy day or just to be able to be done with you know what you wanted to accomplish the goals you have, be done with travel and nursing, be done with being a travel alley professional, be able to retire earlier or be able to retire in a location or place or a higher level than you want to. Now is the time. So go out and get it. You know, go out and get those good paying assignments and put that money aside. Thank you guys as always for subscribing. Can't thank that enough. Please share uh, this podcast. Please share this YouTube channel with your fellow travelers. Keep doing that for me. I really appreciate that. Our numbers are growing and, and people are starting to hear us and wake up and, and I guess be aware, made aware of the things that we think that they should be. As always, guys, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. We'll catch you guys next time on Travel Evolved.